A reading from 1 Corinthians chapter 4. This is how one should regard us, as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required of stewards that they be found faithful. But with me it is a very small thing that I should be judged by you or by any human court. In fact, I do not even judge myself. For I am not aware of anything against myself, but I am not thereby acquitted. It is the Lord who judges me. Therefore do not, do not pronounce judgment before the time, before the Lord comes, who will bring to light the things now hidden in darkness, and will disclose the purposes of the heart. Then each one will receive his commendation from God. The Word of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. When the son of David, Solomon, was enthroned in Jerusalem and began to reign, his great task was to erect a house. Of course, this was no ordinary house, but the house of the Lord, the temple, the holy temple of the Most High God. And so Solomon, with all his wisdom and with all his riches, constructed the great temple of old. He set that great housing project in wonderful and beautiful order. When David's son, the greater son of David, that is David's Lord at the same time Jesus, when he was enthroned at the right hand of his father and began to reign, his great task was also to erect a house. Of course, it was and is no ordinary house, but the very house of the Lord, the holy temple of the Most High God, but made not with bricks and mortar, made not with any human hands, but built out of living stones and joined together in and by the very Spirit of God. And he, Jesus, in his wisdom, has likewise set his house in wonderful and beautiful order. See, Solomon's temple has fallen. In fact, it fell long, long ago. Nebuchadnezzar, that great vessel of God's judgment, made sure of it. And as for the temple that came after that one, built by the returning exiles from Babylon, well, that one is fallen too. The Romans, again, vessels of God's judgment, ripped every stone down to the ground. But the temple of the one greater than Solomon shall never fall. And here, of course, I'm talking of the church. For Jesus has made a promise about her, and his promises cannot fail. No earthly king, no Nebuchadnezzar, no Roman Caesar, no, not even the gates of hell shall destroy his house, the church, though certainly they have tried and certainly they will continue to do their very worst. You are the household of God. The Holy Christian Church, living stones erected from dead bones, brought out of darkness into his marvelous light to proclaim his excellencies. You The church of God, our royal brothers and sisters of the Lord Jesus Christ, members of his body and children of the Heavenly Father. Now you know that the richer the man, the more glorious his house. And the more glorious the house, the greater its business, and so the more necessary servants are. Here we come to what this has to do with us today. For pastors are called stewards of the mysteries. 
those who are entrusted with the mysteries. Now, the time of employing stewards and servants is kind of behind us anyways, but it's not too difficult for you to grasp, right? It's easy to understand what a steward is. And there's something rather human about speaking of the church in this way because Jesus doesn't really need anything from us in the way that a rich man needs servants and stewards. Life in the household of Jesus is a matter always of grace and not necessity. Yet it is part of that grace, part of the glory, that our Lord not only brings us into the house as children of the Father, but also that he puts us into his employ. He gives us work to do. This is what we are gathered to give thanks for today and to pray for. That the Lord Jesus has a household in this world. That he has given us a place in that household and that he establishes stewards for the work of his house. It's necessary for the harmony of any house that everyone should know their task. So in our epistle reading today, we've heard how St. Paul, guided by the Holy Spirit, inspired, wanted the Corinthians to consider not just himself, the apostle, but he says, this is how men ought to consider us, that is, the apostle and his fellow workmen. Willie, it is of utmost importance that you understand yourself and your position, your office in this way. And it is of utmost importance that you, the congregation here, the household of God, likewise understand this office. Because after all, this has to do not just with private matters between Willie and Jesus, but with the public work of God's house. The office of pastor is described in many ways throughout the New Testament. We hear them in the prayers and the hymns today, oftentimes pastor, which just means shepherd and flock. Right? But this one, steward of the mysteries in the household of God, is especially rich for our consideration. Pastors are stewards. Now, what does that mean? Well, first we should say what you are not. For if you are a steward, then you are not the master of the house. Stewards don't establish the house, and they aren't the ones who somehow, due to anything in and of themselves, empower the house. That is the singular role of the master. So it is that the Father and the Son and the Spirit together are the ultimate protector, provider, and presider in this house. The steward, the steward is a servant, a fellow servant along with the rest of the members of the household, here by grace alone, through faith alone. All of us alike share that status. This is, of course, very familiar to us. It's especially familiar to us as Americans, for we are suspicious of authority and of people who are over us. Suspicious because we've seen the abuses, and we can list them off in our heads, not just in the church, but in the home and in the government. We are suspicious of the abuses and the pain caused by abuse. But I want you to notice something. That isn't St. Paul's point in Corinthians. St. Paul emphasizes, what he emphasizes about stewards is not that they are just like everyone else. What he emphasizes is their authority. 
he emphasizes that the steward is accountable to the master of the house. He isn't the whipping boy of his fellow servants, nor is he beholden to the judgment of them. Now, maybe this causes the hair on the back of our neck to rise a little bit, but it shouldn't. For stewards, yes, are put into positions of authority. They are fellow servants, but their role, their office, necessitates that they have authority and that they be recognized in this way. Jesus, when he spoke of the apostles as stewards, said it this way, that steward is wise and faithful who gives to each his portion at the proper time. This is why stewards have positions of authority, to give to each their portion at the proper time. And the freedom that a steward has from trying to carry out his task simply to please the rest of the house is not a freedom to do whatever he wants. For no pastor can look at his congregation and say, since I'm the pastor here, I get to do whatever I want. No, the authority of the office is not a matter of self-service or self-promotion. Rather, the steward who is in authority is nevertheless completely under authority. Willie, the more this reality grabs hold of you, both the easier and the more difficult your job will be easier because you won't be worried how to please everyone, a truly impossible task, but more difficult because you will not be trying to please any person, any human person, but you will be trying to please the Lord. So what is it that is pleasing in the sight of the Lord of the church? Why does he establish this office? Why does he bring stewards into his employ? To make known the mysteries. Now perhaps that sounds a bit mystical or esoteric, as though the church were a conspiracy club. But the mysteries that St. Paul speaks of are precisely the things revealed in God's word, the mystery of the word made flesh, the mystery of the son of God bearing the sins of his creatures, the mystery, as we have heard, of the apostles' joy when they saw our Lord's hand and his side and his feet, the mystery of his atonement, the mystery of his resurrection and ascension at the right hand, the mystery of the forgiveness of sins, the mystery of his spirit at work in us and upon us, the mystery of our own resurrection and glorification. Here is your purpose. Here is what you are to use your authority for. Here is what everyone is to look to you for at the proper time, to give them this portion of knowing the mystery of God's love, of knowing the forgiveness of sins, which is hidden in Christ Jesus, but hidden precisely so that it would be known by faith. Utter what is precious, therefore. Utter what is precious, said the prophet Jeremiah, and it applies here to you. Listen and mark it well, for the household of God the Father is rich. It is so rich, so unbelievably rich beyond our comprehension. And I don't mean by that that we have just the nicest silver or gold on the altar, the best buildings or the finest albs. I mean that God fills his household with the inestimable value of his word. To have the word of God, that is what makes a person rich. 
You could be the richest man in the world in an earthly way. But if you don't have God's word, then you are a beggar. And you could be the most impoverished soul in the world. But if you have the word of God, then you are the richest man in town. Why? Because those who have his word have him. And those who don't, don't. Willie, your ministry is to be focused on this. To give to these people, these dearly beloved children of the Father, these souls for whom Christ shed his blood, these saints called by the Spirit, you are to give them what is precious, to utter his word, to speak it in season and out of season, to always be ready to give a defense of the hope that you have, to rebuke the erring, to call back the wayward, to seek the lost and strengthen the weak, to confirm the strong, to forgive those who repent, and to call to repentance those who will not. Here is the calling of the steward. Here is how you are to enrich the household of God. And you who have heard this, you who know this, you who see this man here, look, you see what an impossible task is before him? Who is sufficient for these things? You see how much he needs God's grace to assist him in this. Today you will pray for him. Today we will all pray for him, but what a shame it would be if this was the only day you prayed for your pastor. Rather, make it your purpose right now to pray for him regularly. For who is sufficient for such things? A steward in the house of God, a steward of the mysteries, giving to each at the proper time, forgiving them that repent and calling them to repentance that will not. Your ministry is set apart for this purpose, so that the house of God may glorify and enjoy him who is the rightful master. For that is ultimately our shared calling, each in his own way to do his job, to receive the master's grace and to praise him now and into the ages. Amen.